Hello and welcome to The Skin You're In, the show where we empower you to make decisions about aesthetic treatments. Today we're talking about skincare. Ugh, the dreaded skincare. We all have a whole cupboard full of it in our bathrooms, right? And we don't know if it's actually doing what we want it to do. This conversation is going to be about the um, most important ingredients you want in your skincare, how to tell if your skincare is actually doing what you want it to do, and how to prevent the most common skincare concerns as we age. Please like and follow along for more and put your comments and questions below. So on the show today, we're gonna to talk about skincare. And I'm always, um, my goal is always to empower you to make you feel like you can make decisions about aesthetic treatments. And skincare is really kind of the most important aesthetic treatment you can have because if you're spending money on other treatments, you want to be maintaining that investment with great skincare at home. But skincare is a total mystery to all of us. Um, and I think probably everyone, because there's so much marketing that's involved in it, that it's really hard to tell what is science and what is just hype. So I talk to all of my clients um, about their skincare at home and I try to encourage them to have just like healthy practices in terms of skincare. You don't have to use the products that I sell. I do sell some very small amount of stuff that I think is really great and I really believe in. But if people have other brands that they love and they're happy with their skincare, I don't get too excited about what brand you're using as long as you have the essentials. So let's talk about your skin for a little bit. Your skin is like a pinball machine and the sun is dumping pinballs into your skin. Those pinballs are free radicals. They bounce around and do damage. They're essentially responsible for all signs of aging, including pigmentation, fine lines and wrinkles, volume loss. So the fact that your, um, your, your skin is sagging, you get jowls, that kind of stuff, it's all due to UV exposure. Actually, the left side of our face typically ages faster than the right side due to UV exposure in the car from the driver's side um, through the window. So um, there's some really fascinating pictures if you wanna go on Google of people, especially in Australia, places where there's a very high UV index. Um, there's a truck driver who's the left side of his face. It looks like he's like 30 years older than the right side of his face, all due to UV exposure. So you've got your pinball machine, the sun is dumping pinballs in and causing damage. So there's two ways that we can stop this from happening. We can uh, wear SPF and stop the pinballs from being dumped into the machine. And once the pinballs are in the machine, we can vacuum them up using a Roomba. So let's start with SPF. SPF is um, essential all year round, 24 seven, 52 weeks a year. And that's because there's two types of UV light, UVA and UVB. UVB is what causes a sunburn when you go to the beach in the summer, but UVA is equally intense all year round. It's equally intense inside and outside. It can travel through light fabric, kind of like an x-ray. So the majority of our aging is actually due to UVA and that occurs all year round. So really important that we're actually wearing SPF every single day. Now people will then be like, well, I use SPF, but it's only 15. Here's the thing, an SPF of 15 actually protects you against 93% of the UV rays. So that's great sun protection. And if that, if you're happy with it and you're willing to wear it every day, it feels nice on your skin, it's way, way, way better than nothing. 
An SPF of 30 protects you against 97% of UV light, and an SPF of 50 protects you against 98% of UV rays. So you can see that it's not double the protection with double the SPF. It's more, and that's great, but the more important thing is that you have a product that you really like to wear because you'll be more likely to wear it. Sometimes uh, people will also ask, do I need chemical sunscreen or do I need a barrier sunscreen? So chemical sunscreens are things like oxybenzone, avabenzone, they have that benzone at the end of the word. And then barrier sunscreens are either zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. Um, both are good, both are effective. If you have a sunscreen that you love, it doesn't matter, just wear it. Um, I do like a mixed um, chemical and barrier because they kind of, um, barrier sunscreens are better with UVA and chemical sunscreens are better with UVB. Some, some people say it's hard to tell. The research basically is like, just wear sunscreen. It doesn't really altogether matter. If you find one that you love, wear it. Some people find that the barrier sunscreens with zinc or titanium in them cause like a chalky appearance. Um, or like a sheen on their skin and they don't like that. So that's fine. If you prefer chemical, wear chemical. Obviously in the summertime, we all know all the other things about sun protection, you know, wide brimmed hats. Did you know that hats actually have an SPF factor or some hats have an SPF factor? So certainly look for a better one, but um, it's all, you know, more is always better. Um, so whatever you can do that feels great, do it. This past summer, I actually invested in a long sleeve UV protective bathing suit, which I actually ended up loving. I thought that it was gonna be hot, but actually um, when it got wet, it stayed cooler. So I was very comfortable and I didn't have to be putting sunscreen all over myself and worrying about a spot that I missed or something. Um, so I actually loved it. If I was 20, I probably wouldn't have loved it, but. <laughs> So the next thing you need in your skincare regimen is the Roomba to vacuum up the free radicals, right? So vacuums for free radicals are called antioxidants. They go around and scoop up all the free radicals. The number one antioxidant you need to be using for your skin is vitamin A. Vitamin A within skincare products is often called retinol. Now there are, um, retinol is an acid and it it has a, a continuum of purity. So it starts at retinaldehyde and goes through retinal with an AL, retinol with an OL, it gets closer to retinoic acid, and the most pure form would be tretinoin or retinoic acid. Now, a lot of times people will come to me and I'll ask them, do you use a retinol? And they'll say, I tried it once, but I, my skin couldn't tolerate it. I got flaky, dry, itchy, maybe even a little burny. That's because your skin can't handle pure retinoic acid the very first time. You need to start with a less pure form and work your way up to it. Some people even need to start with a less pure form every couple of days, not every day, and then work up to more pure forms. I did an interesting little personal experiment with retinol. I, um, I tried one that was pretty potent, but I thought I'll just do it every like three days and stick with it and my skin will get used to it. And after like three or four months, my skin never got used to it. And it was only until I went to a less pure form of retinol that I could actually build up to be able to tolerate more pure forms. So, um, I feel like it's common for 35, 40 something women to go to their dermatologist and either say I have acne or I have pigmentation that I don't like. And the dermatologist immediately prescribes tretinoin, which is a good product. That is the indicated treatment. However, you, you can't tolerate that. Most people can't tolerate that right off the bat. 
So what I recommend is finding a retinol product that is a lower, um, lower potency. So that might be a retinaldehyde or a retinal AL or a retinol OL. Um, you'll see that on the ingredient list in the product that you're using and um, start with it every other night, maybe every two nights and just work your way up to it. Um, if you find that the product you're still flaking, just keep, keep going down the line of chemical potency. You can also cut it with a moisturizer, which will help um, decrease the sensitivity that you experience from it. So if you have a retinol product, you can add to it a moisturizer to kind of cut down on the percentage. The kind of gold standard for retinol um, for anti-aging and treatment of both acne and pigmentation would be a tretinoin or a retinoic acid of point. 1%. But again, um, don't think you can start there. It, you probably can't. I do have a what I call my little unicorn product here at Releve that I sell. It's, it's essentially the only retinol product that I sell because I've never had a client tell me that they couldn't tolerate it. Everybody tolerates it well. It gives really beautiful results and it includes all the products that I think you need to be using to have great skin, which are retinol, but also vitamins C and E, a little bit of glycolic acid, and it has aloe in it. So it's very soothing and nobody seems to have any issues with it at all. So I do have that available here. Um, now, if you have a retinol product at home and you're like, well, how do I know if this retinol product, it's not causing me problems. I use it every day. Um, I don't have dryness or itchiness, but how do I know that it's actually doing what I want it to do or that it's a reasonable product? There's a couple of things you can think about to determine whether or not the product that you're using, if it's an over-the-counter or Amazon, you know, kind of product um, to determine if it's like a good thing. So one thing to think about is what is the packaging that it came in? Because retinol, vitamin A is pretty, it degrades pretty quickly when it's exposed to either UV light or air. So you want it to be in a dark bottle or a solid color bottle, not glass. And you want it, it would, it's great if it's in a pump action so that you know that it's never really touching air. I had a client just yesterday show me, it was like a tub of retinol cream. And I'm like the whole top layer of that is just being oxidized all the time in this big open tub. So you really want it to be the least amount of exposed to air and UV light as possible. The next thing you want to look at is where is the retinol in the ingredient list and what does it actually say? Does it say retinol OL, retinaldehyde? What does it actually say? That gives you an uh, indication of how potent it actually is. And where is it in the ingredients? So if you see a list of 35 ingredients and retinol is all the way at the bottom, you know there's probably not that much in there. If it's closer up to the top, that's an indication that, that there's more concentration of retinol in the product. Also, because retinol is not super stable and it does uh, oxidate, oxidize over time, you don't want it to be sitting in your cupboard for too long. So you want to try to get smaller volumes and be buying it more frequently. Now, you don't know how long it was on the shelf at the store, so that's one, we can't really tell how old it is, but you don't want a pot of retinol sitting in your cupboard for like three years. It's, it's not going to do anything after that long. You can also just Google the product you're using and Google questions like, does this product actually have what it say it has, says it has in it. There's a lot of kind of watchdog people that are testing products all the time to figure out whether or not you can believe what they say. So you can try that. Um, there is a great Instagram account. She is a um, young lady. I think she's out in California, but her mission is to like 
figure out beauty products and whether they actually do what they say they do and whether or not, you know, also whether or not they're dangerous. So a lot of, um, a lot of people want to say like, oh, these products are dangerous. So she kind of gets into the science of it a little bit. Her Instagram handle is um, Lab Muffin, L-A-B-M-U-F-F-I-N. Apparently it's like an old inside joke, but that's her Instagram. She's wonderful. You can go on her site and actually just search for whatever the brand that you're using and she may have covered it. She's got tons and tons of posts on how to figure out if my product says it is, is what it says it is. You know what I mean? Okay, so that's retinol. Now, um, there's other antioxidants, but retinol is the most important because it actually travels to the deepest layers of skin, unlike the other topically applied um, antioxidants. So you really, if you're only gonna use one, you want retinol. It travels deep enough to be able to disrupt the melanocytes, which in hyperpigmentation, melanocytes are clumping together, kind of like oil and water and the retinol can get in there and mix them up a little bit, stop them from clumping together. No other antioxidant can get that deep. So you want retinol for sure. The next two antioxidants that are great, they also help with pigmentation, they'll also help with clarity, um, acne, all signs of aging are vitamins C and vitamin E. Vitamin C, if you're looking at a product you have at home, is gonna be listed on the in ingredients as an ascorbic acid or ascorbate. If you see that prefix A-S-C-O-R, that's vitamin C. And vitamin E on your ingredient list is gonna be listed as tocopherol, T-O-C-O-P-H-E-R-O-L, tocopherol. Um, so that's what you'll look for in the ingredient list to make sure that it actually has uh, vitamin C and E in it. Again, these products work really well together, uh, C and E. So if you're gonna get a product with just C or a product with just E, you know, maybe if there's one that has both, they work synergistically together. So opt for the one that has both. And remember that they're not super stable. So you don't want a ton of it laying around, you don't want it in a clear bottle, and you don't want it exposed to a lot of air. So I just listed four things that I think you really should have in your skincare routine if you want to have the best skin possible for you. They are SPF, vitamin A, vitamin C, and vitamin E. Um, here at Releve, I carry products so that I can offer my clients one product in the morning that has both moisturizer and SPF in it. It also has all those fancy names like polypeptides and blah, blah, blah that help your skin anti-age, basically. And then one evening product that has vitamins A, C, E. It also has glycolic acid, so you get a little exfoliation from it, and an aloe. So for my clients, that's two products, one in the morning, one in the evening, and that's it. It's the most simple skincare routine really you could have. The last little piece of the puzzle that you'll want is a cleanser. Now I always say your cleanser is not going to make or break you, particularly not your gentle cleanser. Um, so I generally recommend everybody start with just a gentle cleanser. It's probably going to be glycerin based because glycerin is very well tolerated by almost everyone and it's very gentle. It doesn't strip the fatty layer off the top of your skin. Have you ever washed your face with a bar of soap and afterward your skin feels like it's like shrink wrapped because it's so tight and dry? That's because bar soap has a very high pH, it's very alkaline, and it dissolves the fatty acid layer on the top of your skin and it removes it completely. This is actually really bad because that fatty acid layer does a lot. It helps keep moisture into your skin, but it also prevents bacteria from getting into your pores 
and when you when, if you like scratch your face or something and if you have a fatty a healthy fatty acid layer you're not going to have an infection from that but if you're constantly removing the fatty acid layer from your skin you're going to be more prone to infections acne that kind of thing so you, that's why you really never want to use bar soap on your face glycerin based soaps will not strip that fatty acid layer they'll gently remove dirt and grime and makeup and get you where you need to go so for any of who for anyone who's got a product at home if you've got CeraVe, Cetaphil, any of those products the gentle cleanser great personally I, I kind of have a thing against the little the, any cleanser that has the little tiny balls in it um, I just clean and clear and under control they always have those little balls in it and the balls do nothing to help you and they are actually really really bad for the environment they they collect in bodies of water and then fish eat them and die so if you can do without the little colored beads in your face wash i definitely would recommend avoiding that beyond that um i if you're using an exfoliant in your skincare so for example the product that i have in the evening has a little glycolic acid in it so i typically don't exfoliate when i wash my face there's two ways to exfoliate your skin. You can mechanically exfoliate with a scrubby, or you can chemically exfoliate with an acid. Glycolic acid is a chemical exfoliant. I do prefer chemical exfoliation over mechanical exfoliation, and that's because when anytime you're using a scrubby pad, anything, it's by definition not going to be an even exfoliation. You're going to exfoliate some areas more than others. You're also most likely going to over exfoliate. Um, so it's just not the best option. I would prefer a chemical exfoliant. If you like an exfoliating face wash because you feel like you need that extra layer of exfoliation, I would look for an exfoliating face wash that has exfoliant in it, a chemical exfoliant. So that would be something like glycolic acid or even salicylic acid. Salicylic acid is um, a specific ingredient to look for if you're acne prone. It can reduce the bacterial load. And then another face wash to look for if you're specifically acne prone would be a 4% benzoyl peroxide face wash. CeraVe has one. It's like $13. You can get it on Amazon. But benzoyl peroxide um, kills the bacteria that cause acne. There is one specific bacteria called the P. acnes bacteria. And benzoyl peroxide kills this bacteria without causing bacterial resistance. So it's really quite safe. In contrast to oral antibiotics that you might get it from a dermatologist to treat acne, that will lead to antibiotic resistance. So benzoyl peroxide face wash is a great option. You don't need to use it every day. If you find that it's over drying, you can just mix it into your routine a couple times a week. And it um, is very well supported in research that it reduces acne. So that's my little spiel on face washes. If you're wondering, just start with a gentle cleanser. If you have bad acne and you want more, you can try some salicylic acid face wash or uh, benzoyl peroxide face wash. Now I have one more note on acne because pretty much everyone has some acne sometime, some worse than others. I have a handful of clients that have come in with really horrible acne that only just started in their mid to late 30s. And it's it can be very, very bothersome in terms of your confidence level. So let's talk a little bit about how to just keep your skin clear. All acne has three components, hormones, bacteria, and inflammation. 
So when we treat acne or we're trying to treat acne or prevent it, we want to prevent it in one of those or all of those three ways if possible. Now, hormones are not that easy to adjust. However, some people find that either being on hormonal, hormonal birth control either improves their acne or makes it worse. So that's something to, th something to think about if you've changed that recently or you want to try adjusting your hormonal birth control. It may affect, affect your acne. Affect your acne. Um, so that's hormones. Bacteria. So what are some ways we can decrease the bacterial load on our face? Really easy, free things. For example, change your pillowcase more often, maybe twice a week. Don't rest your head and your hands when you're at the TV, computer, talking on the phone, etc. Um, lots of people's hormonal, you know, period acne comes on the angle of the jaw here. So don't rest your head and your hands. Um, be cleaning your cell phone regularly. Be cleaning your glasses regularly. I wash my glasses with soap and water every morning before I put them on. They also stay really clean that way. Um, and then washing your makeup brushes using clean new makeup um, applicators. So I have little cotton rounds and I use a brand new one every morning to make sure that it's really spick and span and I'm not just moving bacteria around my face. Make sure that your hands are clean every single time you're either washing your face or applying your skincare or makeup. So I actually, if I go to the gym and then I get in the shower to wash my face, I actually wash my hands first before I wash my face because the gym is disgusting. So reduce that bacterial load as much as possible and consider a benzoyl peroxide face wash. Finally, inflammation. So a lot of people will say to me, oh, I get acne every time I eat chocolate. And that's probably, or insert your food here. You know, it's chocolate or dairy or gluten. Dairy is actually the most common food trigger for acne because of just inflammation. It doesn't actually cause acne, it causes inflammation, which contributes to acne. So if you know of a food product that is causing inflammation or causing acne in your body, just avoid that food product. Or if you're gonna eat a piece of chocolate, maybe wash your face with benzoyl peroxide that night. <laughs> I know that wouldn't work because acne is really a two week old pro process. By the time it shows up on your face, it's a two weeks old and there's really nothing to do about it anymore. But think about inflammation and, and the foods that you're eating um, and the ways that you're irritating your skin. Maybe that means like a piece of clothing or, you know, if you're going skiing a lot or outdoor winter sports and you've got something that's around your face that's rubbing a lot or maybe you should wash that too. Yeah. Um, it's so gross. <laughs> so those are three ways we want to kind of keep on top of acne, hormones, inflammation, and bacteria. I hope this was really helpful to you. Um, my skin has absolutely transformed in the last year and a half of me using medical grade skincare and as well as throwing in there some chemical peels, some microneedling, that kind of thing. But I feel so confident and beautiful in my skin. I don't really wear any makeup at all. And I really wish that upon everyone. Like I want you to feel so great about your skin that you don't even need to wear makeup anymore because I do think it's possible for most of us with a little bit of investment in our skincare products. Uh, comment below with questions about skincare and if you have ideas for the podcast and enjoy.